kind of a... All right, so we, if you, you probably figured out from the Makoros where we're headed here, uh, we have a fascinating sugya to do, which hopefully will yield a lot of fruits, or mizonos, or maliach, or whatever it will, but uh, a, a lot of sustenance in a lot of different important and secondarily important ways. And there's, uh, you'll find, actually, that there is a lot of synergy. Uh, the sugya of Vicar and Tafel, which is a major sugya in Hochul's Brachos, but also will help reconnect us to other big yesodos in Hochul's Brachos. So it was very much something that I wanted to include. And just chronologically, it comes up within the words of the Gemara we just saw, even though really its main locations are elsewhere. But we get to it while just going straight, so it seemed like a good time to get to it now. But also, you'll see, the more we see about it, the more it also helps supplement our basic understanding of major principles in Hilfus Brachos, and also building on the last sugi we just did, about Baripriyagafen, and also about possibly branching out into other areas of Torah overall. So let's start with some basic attempts to try to understand what's going on. So what's the fundamental din that we're working with? What's the fundamental principle of Iker and Tafel? Eric? You have something that's Iker and you have something that's Tafel, you make a bracha on the Iker and, the, and, and you're potter on the bracha on the Tafel. Okay, so translate that last part. So we're ready, we're a little bit translating, but a uh, major so mystery is going to surround the last few words. So if you have... If you have two things, one which is the main component component of your meal, and another thing that is that is not the main component of your meal, you make the you make the blessing on the main component. <laughs> you don't have to translate it, that much, but yeah, um, going, yeah, I don't know. Right. And and on the non-main component, you you are you you are positive for making a bracha. You are exempt from making a bracha. Okay, so that is essentially a, a direct translation, but you could probably already tell there are a lot of points of ambiguity. So, if you wanted to try to get to the essence of this concept, so what first remains to be uncovered here? What would you want to try to understand? Eric? What makes something Iker and Tafel? All right, that's definitely a detail that needs to be, needs to be figured out. And right? so, in terms of knowing what the rules are, what makes something Iker and Tafel? Let's put that on our list. Yeah. What else do we want to know? It's even... Even more fundamental things, not then? Why? Okay, why? So why should it be? Right? That's a conceptual question we need to get to, which is also probably containing within it some other things. So let's try to flesh that out a little. You say why. What do you mean why? It's okay, so why should it be that the tofel doesn't need a bracha? Is that what you mean by why? Yeah. So that itself contains a few questions in it. Because it's really a what question, that why question. Because when you say why, that contains within it a what question. Because what we really mean is, what, what do the words mean to say poter? Right, so... Well, it's what Yes, right, they're all the questions. It's what the mechanism is that makes it no longer apply. Which is behind it. But first let's go, what do I mean by what? Yeah, Yeshua? Yeshua is in, right? Shoei. Shoei, sorry. Oh, good. Um, uh, I call people Yeshua just no, to get fine. their attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, what, what are we doing up here? What's the exact 
parameters of uh, of the din of Eker and Tata? Right, that's similar to Eric's question, I guess. But also, we say poter. What does that mean, poter? That's really one of the biggest questions. Yeah. So it could either mean that you shouldn't see the bracha, or that you are allowed to but don't have to. Well, that's actually a good question in other contexts for the meaning of the word poter. It's true, by the way, that the word poter is a mysterious word because it has a lot of different meanings in shas. And so, if, you know, it's actually a very good question because the truth is, it's pretty clear, you'll forgive me, it's pretty clear that it's not the question here. Um, but, but it's interesting that it's not because... That, and that also comes on one of our recent sugyas. But that itself opens up interesting doors I wasn't even thinking of. But let's take a step back to address why it's not. Because the word pater is a little bit of a mysterious word because in other sugyas it's pretty ambiguous. It comes up in a lot of different places. And very rarely does it mean the same thing. So we say that women are paturas from mitzvah sasesha as mangrama. And we say, And we say that, And we say that uh, somebody who is honest is mitzvah. So we have the word pater in a lot of different contexts. And very often they mean radically different things from each other. So sometimes they mean that you are completely excluded from something. Sometimes it means that you're off the hook, but it's a good idea. And it's voluntary. And sometimes it means that it's possible at a lower level. Right? So you say that somebody who does something voluntarily is not considered to be chayv on the same level or credited on the same level. So the word putter has different meanings and different usages. So if we were talking about an individual, if the Gemara had phrased itself as saying somebody is putter and habracha, like ha'ochel, tafel, putter and habracha, so then you could ask, okay, but can I voluntarily make a bracha? And the reason that question doesn't even get off the ground probably is because we're so familiar with the idea of bracha levatala, bracha shenitricha, and we know that brachos are rarely optional, that it's unlikely that that's the case. And that when it comes to other mitzvot, there is such a thing. But being habituated to the world of brachos and knowing that it's rarely a thing, that uh, an optional bracha. So it's unlikely that that's relevant here. But you're right that had that not been something that we're so familiarized with, it could have been the concept, it could have been a relevant question. But since we know that there's rarely such a thing as, a rare, as an optional bracha, so what is left to wonder? So given also that the phrasing is not really on the gavra, right? It's on the food. So to say, poteras es hatfafel. So what possibilities exist within that phrase? That time? If anything, it's added, added, added that the tafel is like considered to be a part of a, the ikara food. And okay. that, would, uh, that would be why you only, only, only need to make a bracha on the, on the ikara food. Or that the, the tafel, tafel remains its own food, but the 
correct bracha for the for the tafel food is the same as the yeah, uh, car food. Okay, so that's interesting. So let's formulate that. Those are two possibilities, maybe more possibilities, but those are two interesting possibilities. Right? So the first one, you said that it basically becomes a, a part of it. So it's as if their whole eating experience is defined by the ichor, and essentially the tafel basically disappears. Would that be a reasonable formulation? Yeah. Of the, so... That could go to the question of what brachas are made on. Right? That if you say that for a bracha to exist, to be required, so you need to have some kind of significant eating. And here, because the thing, this tafel food is there only for supplementary purposes, and perhaps would only, let's put this in for a second, because this will also tell us something, maybe would only be there because of the first thing. So therefore, that doesn't earn a bracha. Now, a part of just thinking to the next step, right? you see what would come along with that, as far as the what, how, why questions, is that could also impact the definition of how it works. So Eric's first question of what's called Iker and what's called Tafel. So if that is the logic, so then maybe one of the definitions of Tafel would be something that I only eat because I'm eating the other thing. So maybe in that particular formulation, Something is called tafel only in that case. And that if I would be eating it alone, or that if I would be asked to eat it alone, I would be not interested, that it's defined essentially like that. It only comes because of the first link. So now let's look at your second possibility. Your second possibility is a significant candidate, as we'll see in a moment, that maybe what happens is that the ikr redefines what the bracha is. And therefore, let's say it would have been a mizonos and a shahakal, the two items. So now they both become mizonios. And that's the impact of the ikr tafel relationship which is very different. Right? So we'll tell, and then we may yet have a third possibility, but tell me some differences between the first possibility and the second possibility. Yeah? It, sound, it sounds like in the second possibility, we're talking more about the types of foods, um, and maybe like, it was a case of like, there's a case of like bread is almost like a pound cleanser in one of the Gemara's and Brokos. And like that sounds a lot more like in the first case, yeah, we would only it's only there as a palate cleanser, so whatever, so whatever, it's fine. But maybe in the second case, where he's talking about it taking on the form of another bracha, it's very hard for it might, might be more that, that because bread is the more food, that might be the that might be a case where we might still want to make the bracha on the bread instead because that it takes on the strong that is the stronger bracha essentially. It's more kosher food. Maybe, 
Yeah, I don't like that sound coming out. But let's take a different way. So, a difference between the first two cases, your first two scenarios, are both, as we'll see, they're both viable possibilities. Right, let's just restate them again. So the first two, first possibility is that the ikker is all that really matters here because in order to require a bracha, it needs to have chashivas. And the tafel item doesn't have chashivas. And just to define that a little further, what may make it not chashiv? The fact that I wouldn't need it at all if I wasn't having the first one. <coughs> it's only there in a supplementary role. Okay, so let's take that as one possibility. Possibility A is that you don't have a bracha on the second thing because it doesn't have the chashivas that deserves a bracha. And therefore, without chashivas, no bracha, so only the first thing is a bracha. So that helps us in terms of the question of what is defined as Iker and Tafel, and an answer will be something that only comes to help the first thing, and I wouldn't have without. The second definition, the second possibility you had there, is that the Iker defines what the bracha is for all of the involved foods. So even if there would have been two separate brachos, now they both have the same bracha, so that becomes the bracha. So what I was looking for a minute ago in terms of what are some differences between the two. So in terms of defining the word poteris, which as we saw with all those other examples means many different things in different gemaras. So here there is a little bit of a parallel. So I said in terms of people, if you talk about, let's say, Osek mitzvah patim in a mitzvah, or women are patr from a mitzvah seisha as mongrama, those are probably two different usages of the word patr. So you can a little bit transfer it over to the food context. So what do you mean when you say the word patr? Do you mean that it's excluded from the bracha requirement? Or it fulfills its bracha requirements? And can that be connected to Nathan's two possibilities? Yeah? So there's actually, yeah, I remember this discussion when, I would, uh, let's say you needed to eat something before something else, and the thing, this thing you, eat, you, you were eating second was the ikr, and the thing you were eating first was the tafel. So in Rebbe's first case, where, uh, where you would never eat the ikr food in the first place, that it's very it's very obvious that you it's even more obvious that you wouldn't make the brach on that because it is it, is serves, it, it serves no purpose. But if you're telling me that 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 the bracha takes on that the bracha should take on the bracha on the other one, maybe you should make the bracha before eating the tafel thing. So that's good in terms of trying to look for an afkamina, yeah. but also just in terms of figuring into the definitions, uh-huh. right? So let's see. It seems it seems that according to the first definition, so what you're saying is that poteres means that the tafel doesn't need a bracha. That when tafel exists just to serve the ikr, it doesn't need a bracha. It's not significant. But in your second formulation, so it sounds like it's not that it doesn't need, it does need, but you accomplish that bracha with the ikr bracha. Yeah? Another possible nafa, Gamina, which uh, Ravi touched, uh, touched on already, what is what 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 can be a tough? Uh, the, <coughs> the uh, second option it can be much more expansive about what is what is a tough. Uh, because it doesn't have to be something that only comes 
to serve the first thing. Yeah. Right. So then that seems to be true. So let's let's talk let's flesh out the second version for a second. So can you substantiate um, this may not be a clear question, but how can you prove that the second option is a viable possibility? That it is something that makes sense. Yeah? For the Gemara that talks about the, um, I forgot the name of the, the liquid, but when you use the Shemin in that uh, an, 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 Anigra, and then so you, uh, you put the Shemin in there, and uh, you you change it to the Brachan's eyes. It's supposed to be a Okay, but I'm actually looking for something a little less learned. Because um, uh, the point is, let's say you have two things, two different food items that have the same bracha. How many brachas do you make? One. So that would seem <coughs> to substantiate your second possibility, is saying that if the Iker does that, that it changes the tafel into adopting its bracha, so then it makes it into two items that have the same bracha. So what's the rule for two items that have the same bracha? One bracha. So then it just maybe that's what happens. That ikr and tafel, the ikr changes the bracha, and therefore it gives it the ikr bracha. And what's the rule that flows from that is just one bracha covers two. So basically, this becomes just another example of a previously existing din. That the previously existing din, that you only need to make each bracha one time, like however many food items you have, and however many brachos are to be made, you only need to make each bracha one time. So, Iker and Tafel is basically that, because what Iker and Tafel does is Iker makes the Tafel into its own bracha. So now, instead of having a Mzonos and a Hadama in front of you, you have two Mzonosos. So then it's just make one Mzonos. But that bracha is basically covering two items. Not that the second item is actually putter in the sense of not needing one. So you know, the ambiguity of putter is bad and good, bad because it confuses us good because it gives us more alumnus to to work with. You know, uh, so it gives you more room for possibilities because it could mean all those different things. So just to get one more point in and then we'll have to pause to uh, move on. I apologize again for the brevity. But so let's you saw, if you saw the Beit Yosef. So, let's just figure out some of the dinim that we're aware of from the Beit Yosef that are worth noting. So, or some of the Machlokasin, right? So what details come out from seeing the Beit Yosef that are either disputed or introduced into the equation? Yeah, Nathan? Case about if you eat in the tafel before the iyakar. So that's, yeah, that's in one, one that Eric brought up. It's interesting. That gets introduced to the Beis Yosef. Yeah, yeah, so. no, I think it might have been said earlier, too. Right, it could be. But there are at least two other dinim that you may know specifically because the Beis Yosef introduces them, which are important for some of their implications. So one is the question of whether this applies also to bracha achrona. 
Right? Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But also a major issue, which has to be worked out how it stems with the Gemara, but the way it's presented in the Beis Yosef, it's presented as a Chiddush, but without any dispute. And that's the view quoted from the Or Zarua. The Augur quotes from the Or Zarua. That is a major distinction, major caveat here, that you only make the bracha on the Iker if you like the Iker, if it's what we call Chaviv. So if it's the other way around, if the other thing is Chaviv, so then you'd make the bracha on that first, whatever bracha it normally has. And then you would still make the bracha on the Iker. Now, just to take a minute to tell you why I would have not thought that way, and why maybe what Natan's saying helps explain it. And then we'll call Mr. Lawler, and then we'll talk about it here if that's okay. So, I could have thought that half of that is true. Meaning, if you accept, and there's a Gemara, the Magan of Ram points out, and we'll have to discuss that next time, that there's a Gemara that seems to call this into question. And that we'll have to deal with later on. But without dealing with contradictions for a second. So, how could you understand, in a more straightforward way, maybe, this Chiddush of Chathiv? Right, this idea that, well... Iker is only assuming it's also Chaviv. But if something else, if the other item on the plate is also Chaviv, then you would go with that instead. So how could you explain that? So what I would have thought is maybe the explanation is that really Iker is a form of Chaviv. That Rachos should really be defined by Chavivas. Right? And therefore, basically, Iker is shorthand for that. And it's kind of a generalized Chavivas. But if you happen to have a personal preference for something, so then that becomes the Chavivas, and it overtakes the more standardized Iker. Problem is, what's a weakness with that? What doesn't fit 100%? You see a flaw with that? There's something that's not transferring over perfectly. The other item is not just becoming the... the it's not that the Iker status is transferring to the Chaviv, the way it's brought in Ves Yosef. Because... After you make the bracha on the chaviv, then what happens? Yeah. So if the chaviv just took over the ikr, then why doesn't it follow all the rules of the ikr? So let the chaviv be the ikr and then make one bracha on that. So it seems like the din of ikr is still there, but the din of chaviv is also there. Could it it be that there's that? There's multiple ways of being in Iker, and then... Uh, yeah, but then it means that Iker is not really about Chaz, Iker is something else. It could be, meaning, it could be about, meaning, 
we, we just we just gave you two definitions of of, of Iker. It could be that this that maybe both are right, and there's both there's more than one way for food to be an Iker. Maybe we, we talked talk the first one that you wouldn't eat a food, you wouldn't eat that food if the other one wasn't there. That sounds a lot more like chavim, maybe. And then we'd say the chavim revives it. Yeah, and then and that and and that meaning the first definition sounds a lot more like chavim because you wouldn't eat the food if the other food wasn't there, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't eat these chips if I didn't have the dip in front of me. So that might be more like that. Versus the other one is maybe the, the ikr is so strong it takes on new bracha. It could just be about the chashivas of the food, like we've seen it with the uh, with the fruits and and that type of st- with, the, with the fruits in their chashivas talking about there. So this that that maybe that sometimes something is chaviv and that that set is one sense of the ikr and that maybe more maybe it's more subjective, but maybe we still have a classification of ikr. Um, or then maybe we have a case where we have two ikrs. How would you have that? Because because there's two types of, there's two types of ikar. I mean, it is an object. According to the Rambam, there's actually a 13. Why, 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 why can't Kavivish just be its own separate entity? Why is that I think it sounds more likely than it is, but let's see, you probably could explain it according to either it's the other. So if you say that normally there's no chashivas to something that's just supplementary, but if you have chavivas for it, than it is. I mean, I, I would, I guess I'd, the way I'd say it is that there's an objective, there's an objective vicar and there's a, there's a subjective vicar. The objective vicar is based on just how we define certain chashivas for food, like bread is a chashiv food. Uh, there's a gemara that talks about mazonas as being a chashiv food that will take over bread, wine, you know, all these different things are considered chashiv foods. There might be an objective, you know, scale in terms of where the, where they all fall. And there could also be the subjective vicar, which is what do I like more? How do both apply in one scenario? So it could be that they really are just coming from different places. That Iker is Iker has the ability to subsume other things within it, and Chaviv doesn't. And Chaviv is probably a din in Kedimus. And so Chaviv, you should do the Chaviv first. But it's different than Iker because Iker has the ability to knock the other one out, and Chaviv doesn't. So that's the nature of Iker and Tafel. Iker has the ability to subsume something else within it. And Chaviv is just a rule of priority. So you'll do Chaviv first. But if you say that in the first scenario that item is completely unimportant, so how does this rule work? It could work by bringing it back to life because you like it so much, maybe. Or maybe if you say the second way, that it takes on the bracha of the ikr. So then you're going to have to say the chavivas basically knocks out the ikr. But doesn't take it over. Basically, chavivas challenges the ikr component. That you can't... That uh, the ikr is a type of bittel, basically. That ikr overwhelms the tafel. But just like when it comes to bittel... So, there are things that resist bittel, such as davar chashuv, you know, davar shabiminyan. So, you can't use bittel when there's something that keeps the smaller item distinct. So, so too, ikr is not going to be able to overwhelm something that is chaviv. But it doesn't mean that chaviv does the same thing. Chaviv doesn't overwhelm the ikr either. So you'll have to make both brachos. Because Iker doesn't knock out the Chaviv, but Chaviv never had a chance of playing the role of Iker.
because Chaviv is just a rule of priority. Doesn't have anything to do with Iker type things. So far, so good. Yeah. Is is it not related to Hanana? Because if you're saying the bracha because of the idea of Nenim and Alam Zebulo, bracha, kilu, whatever, um, so according like you're defining your experience through the Hana, at least in the bracha Yishonah's side, um, and seemingly Iker and Tafa would be somehow related, like Chavivas could play into that, but seemingly you'd have to relate it back to the larger concept of Hana. At least the way I wanted to you know, understand it is that um, you could still have, like, you could still, you, the way you relate to the food might be through the Iker, because that's where you're getting your Hana from, in certain cases where there's a Dabrachash or the like. Mashenkin, if it's just like two random bits in front of you that you don't particularly care for one of them, um, so that would go based on the row because that's your sphia, which is really where your hana is from. But does that does that play into it at all? That's a great question because it's a very important thing that's going to have to be determined. It's a part of how everything's going to end up doubling back on itself. Because the question of what is the role of in this part. So one issue that we've been discussing in the past is that there seems to be two components to brachos. And one is just the general matir aspect that corresponds to that. And the other is the specificity. So here we're dealing with specificity, and that's where it changes. And specificity doesn't seem to be a detail of the svar of kol because it seems like you can address that with a general bracha, which may, may indeed be relevant to this. It could be that you can't eat anything without a bracha because of kol nenamil bracha, but Iker and Tafel addresses that already, because the whole point, that doesn't need to be specific. That is shahako works. So, therefore, Tafel can deal with that. So the tafel doesn't need to have its specific bracha to satisfy the konanamil mazabla bracha thing. But that would mean that it takes on the second definition of poteris, that it is addressed by the ikra bracha, not that it's unnecessary for a bracha. Or maybe it's half of one, half of the other. That maybe it has a need, maybe it needs the bracha as a matir, but doesn't need the specificity. But could you still say, even if, like, on a, like, halachic, uh, on my basis, you don't need a site in the specific form, formula for whatever bracha it is, that's still the mono, or there's still the, like, the, the way in which we re- relate to bracha rishona, so we're going to view the, the plate or the dish or whatever it is in front of us through uh, the prism of Hanan, therefore that should be magdir. The, the dish itself and hence what bracha I guess so the problem is you also have to use the word hana carefully because the assumption that hana is subjective in that sense like chavivas and hana probably don't really correlate because hana in the halachic sense probably just means benefit mm-hmm. objectively even though that could be cancelled out by something that's not objectively hana, let's say if it's a hezek. But the fact that you colloquially use the word hana, I get a lot of hana out of this, probably doesn't really affect Tilkos Brachos to say I get more hana, less hana. So, like if the pizza was too cold for me, I would still have to make a bracha on it, even though uh, personally I'd get 
you get no hana, right? So, right. So, you know, in terms of the definition of hana bracha wise, so I don't know if it's on a sliding scale as far as that. So, the definition for chavivus purposes is not going to correlate to that kind of hana, probably. So, but the idea of the specificity of brachos that probably correlates to something else. And that's where that plays a role. So the Iker and Tafel can knock out the importance of a, a specific bracha, but can't necessarily knock out the requirement of Nenemilum Zebel bracha. But you can address that with a non-specific bracha. So just like a Shahakal can address that, and also an Iker bracha that doesn't really cover your Tafel item, you might also be able to address that. So that gives us a decent intro into the subject. We still have to figure out then a couple of other very significant nafkaminas. And also, among other major questions, whether this has relevance beyond brachos, whether it has relevance beyond brachos hanenin, so into brachach rona, as the Torah brings up, the Beis brings up, also brachos hamitzvah, is there a related concept? And also beyond this area completely. So in general, Kula, we have a concept of rov, and following rov to define whatever we're dealing with. Is this different than rov? And if so, why? And you could also ask the question, if some do the other way, that maybe this is actually more misdabra than rov, and why don't we just flip to everything else and say, why doesn't the rest of the Torah deal with Iker and Tafel instead of rov? Or does it? So there's actually a lot to explore beyond this, and this will also have a lot to reflect upon beyond this direct sugya to the meta issues in brachos. So a lot, to, a lot to explore beyond this. And we just had a few minutes exposure um, again, but tomorrow we'll probably have to spend most of the time on Hamishi of Bayetze, and we'll take it from there. But uh, all right, Shabbos. So now I guess.